Welcome to say hi to your pets. Ugh. Welcome to say hi to your pets. My name is Edmund. I messed it up again. Welcome to say hi to your pets, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. Um, Happy New Year, everyone. I'm recording this at 7.26 a.m. on January 1st, 2024. New Year's Eve happened last night, obviously. Um, I slept for most of the afternoon and into the night because I worked two shifts at my warehouse job. And I woke up, I got up past 11.30 p.m. And my parents are old and they they usually make it downstairs for the midnight for the countdown and they they just didn't this year. They came down just a few minutes afterwards in a daze. They were like, oh, no, we missed it. Oh, oh no. And my wife and I are like, what the fuck are they? Um, but they're old. They're older. And but they, you know, they came down. We ate some foods at midnight. And um, can I tell you something? I love stuffing my face. I just do. Um, I wish I didn't, you know, so many people are like, oh, I love portion control. Oh, I love limiting my, I love counting calories and, um, eating sensibly and eating healthily and, uh, eating whole foods and eating healthy foods. I love it. Um, I don't, um, and that's there, that's all there is to it. This episode I am, I am naming right now, Hollow Knight is a Masterpiece. I'm going to do my best to talk about it. I, I'm concerned because, uh, like I've mentioned before, I, I put in probably 200 hours into Tears of the Kingdom, and if I met someone who loved Tears of the Kingdom, I would go, man, I love Tears of the Kingdom, and I wouldn't know what else to say after that. Um, so I'm going to try my best to to talk about it. It's not going to be scientific. If you're a listener of this podcast, you know I am really informal and I stutter a lot and my brain is just fractured and my soul is fractured, which is on theme. I have a fractured heart and fractured soul, just like Hollow Knight. I don't know if that made sense or if that works, but here we are. Um, Before I get to Hollow Knight... I want to talk about two movies that I've seen recently, and we'll skip the gaming news because I'll I'll Google it real quick. But uh, DH's most anticipated games of 2024. I don't know what DH is. Um, let's just see uh, our our four biggest predictions for what gaming will look like in 2024 by Digital Trends. Um, just give me the list. The big game cycle slows way down. Uh, Nintendo's next console takes center stage. Um, it's it's weird. I I I currently have three Nintendo Switches. My wife gave them to me. She first gave me the first Nintendo original Nintendo Switch. Then she gave me a, a Switch Lite for some reason. I I don't I don't really know why. And then she gave me the OLED. 
I'm currently playing the OLED. And I know people were anticipating maybe it's going to be called a Super Nintendo Switch. Would, which uh, That would be cool, to be honest. Super Nintendo Switch. Although, it would probably be confusing just like the Wii U. Um, the next paragraph cut headline. PlayStation sinks, Xbox swims. Um, I hope not. I, I like Xbox. I mean, I like P my PS5. And I am much more of a PS5 player than Xbox. Um, Summer Game Fest takes E3's throne. Yeah, I saw on Instagram, like, E3 just posted, like, real casually. Um, it's been fun. Bye. And, and that was it for E3. And I don't know if they put out a an explanation, but just from reading some comments, they were like, well... Nintendo stopped showing up and then everyone because of COVID everyone just does their events online so there's no need for E3 I'm sure there's a deeper more comprehensive uh, explanation than that but um, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom isn't our game of the year but it's the strongest number two ever what was your number one? I bet it's a first-person shooter. Um, I'm not going to find the number one, am I, in the next ten seconds. I'm just not. Oh, Baldur's Gate 3 won out. I, I want to play that game, but I have no money ever. All right, so the two movies I watched was The Apology... And Bo is Afraid. Um, the Apology, I don't think, has it. <laughs> it doesn't have a wiki page because I looked. If you look up the Apology film, it'll take you to a 2016 documentary film by Tiffany Sung. And then if you click on Apology, it is a 1986 film. And... <laughs> And I actually went to Anna Gunn's Wikipedia. Oh, it, it wasn't listed on here before, but someone, I guess someone added it. And it is not clickable uh, on Wikipedia. I did not like the apology. The apology, the gist of it is the, this, this mom played by Anna Gunn. Her name is Darlene. She is, at the beginning of the movie, she is preparing for a Christmas dinner. And she's kind of saying, like, oh, I, this is so hard. I haven't done it in almost 20 years. And she had a daughter that went missing. And she's kind of been, you know, grieving for 19 years or whatever. And she's she's still hoping that... She comes home alive, A, and B, um, that she'll find some answers. But then she, you know, she's grieving. She used to be an alcoholic, so she's a recovering alcoholic, and she's been sober for like 20 years or whatever. Janine Garofalo is a minor character, and some. <laughs> Some guy named Linus Roach. 
I was on, he looks familiar, but I'm not familiar. I don't recognize the the name. I'm sure I've seen him in something before, but I I, I can't put the um my finger on it. And so, like, she's about to take a big swig of alcohol because she's so depressed. And then the doorbell rings, and it's Linus Roach, who is her sister's ex-husband. And they briefly had an affair, and things go awry. Basically, he reveals that, I have something to tell you. It's about your daughter. And she's like, what? And he's like, well... And spoiler alert for the movie Apology, but he slowly divulges that, you know, I I saw your daughter on the side of the road one day after school. We started talking and then he advances on her and then rapes her and then kills her. And that's basically the gist. And then... You know, they, they they struggle with each other, they fight with each other, and sometimes she has the upper hand, sometimes he does. And the movie felt really low budget, but that doesn't necessarily make a bad movie, but um, the performances were not great, and... I don't I don't know. It, it's weird. I, I kept thinking it was weird because I listened to We'll See You in Hell's episode on it. And Pat said that I agreed with Pat because Pat was like, I didn't like, or he, Pat didn't like anyone in it, any character. And I didn't either. And it, I, that made me feel weird because there's no real tangible reason why the audience shouldn't automatically side with Anna Gunn. Because she is the victim and she is the good guy quote unquote but i don't know what it is about her performance or what but i i don't know if this was a directing issue or an editing issue i think the script was fine i think that you know when he started telling her the story about we started kissing like that stuff made me my skin crawl so i felt like this the best thing about the movie was probably the script i don't know if that's blasphemous to say or what but um but i just i didn't like the performances in it um it was pretty it was pretty boring um there's also an an episode of Seinfeld called The Apology. In this episode, Jerry learns his girlfriend is a nudist. George tries to get an apology out of his old friend, Jason Hankey, played by James Spader, through Hankey's participation in Al Alcoholics Anonymous 12-step program, and Kramer gives up on keeping his showers short, opting to instead spend all day in the shower. <laughs> that's the episode where James Spader works at like a Baskin Robbins and he, he climbs into the ice cream 
written by Jennifer Crittenden. I don't know who that is, but um, I'm assuming she's great because she's writing on Seinfeld and Simpson. Um, what was I talking about? The apology. So, I just the performances I just thought were not good, and. I don't know. It's kind of hard to pinpoint, but I didn't like anyone in it. And the movie was just not well done and it was boring. It's all done in that house. They don't leave the house. So I wonder what the budget was, like $500. Uh, I don't know. But I did not like the apology. But it was a Christmas horror movie, so there you have it. I watched Bo is Afraid, which I... I probably could have done an episode on it, but I don't have that much to say on it. It's um, easy as pie to say that um, Joaquin Phoenix is obviously the reason to watch it and the best thing about the movie. He's he's a great actor, and it's it's weird saying that because he's just a great actor, so it's like... You can't, you can expect great acting anytime he's in a movie. Uh, I guess that's not true, but for the most part, he he really is a great actor. I loved him in Joker. Actually, I need to rewatch Joker again. And Joker 2, when is Joker 2 coming out? Joker Folie à deux, which I believe is a... Uh, Fallout Boy album and or a song. Folie It's an album. I think I like that album. I really stopped listening to Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. I fell off. I fell off real hard along the way. But I think I like that album. Um, oh, I, I really liked Infinity on High. Um, Joker Folia de comes out on October 4th, 2024. So this year. This year. Because today's January 1st. What was I talking about? Oh, so Bo is afraid. I really enjoyed the first half. Um, you know, Ari Aster. He, I really liked Hereditary. I liked Midsummer. I prefer Hereditary because it's such a strong first full-length um, directing debut from Ari Aster. Tony Collette was amazing in it, and um. Twists and turns and the beheading, spoiler alert, of that girl was just terrifying. Terrifying. And um, I'm, I liked Midsummer and I watched it on a second time and I liked it. Uh, but I prefer Hereditary. So he could easily become, he easily became one of those directors like, oh, what's he going to make next? So Bo is afraid is what came next. Um, the first half I I really enjoyed 
mostly because I was laughing and <coughs> according to oh my gosh according to Wikipedia it is an American surrealist tragic comedy horror film I, I don't know what any of those words mean but um I, I was laughing it and I, I'm sure some of it was intended to be funny but I'm not sure every moment that I laughed at most of the time when I was laughing was when Joaquin Phoenix just has this <laughs> this look of being completely lost and he's staring out into space like spoiler spoiler alert if you haven't seen Boat is Afraid but when he's talking on the phone to the UPS and he's like his character he's he's suffering from something he obviously has a lot a lot of anxiety and nerve issues but i don't know if they actually said what the um what the actual name of the ailments are but um so he's talking to this ups and guy and he's like who who is this and the ups guy's trying to explain like i I was dropping a, I was dropping off a package and I heard this phone ring and there's this woman on the floor but there's no head and and um Bo is just like what you have a package for me like stuff like that he's so lost he doesn't understand it and that is so uncomfortable and that made me laugh and then the UPS guy is like I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry and and Bo just staring off into space. It's like really long, awkward, uncomfortable. And that made me laugh every time. There was a moment in the car with the two girls. And the two girls were telling her like, you have to get fucked up with us. Or we're going to tell you, we're going to tell everyone that you assaulted me. And, um, and everyone's going to believe us because we're girls and and you're going to get in trouble. And he's just staring at them for like 30 seconds. That made me laugh at all. My That my, made me laugh as well. My chair keeps squeaking and I'm sorry about that. Um, I'm poor and I can't afford a new chair. So we're just going to have to deal with it. Um... So I, I like the first half of the movie a lot. There is a point in the movie where the trajectory and the momentum of the movie makes a screeching halt. And it is very, very unfortunate. Um, and for me, well... When he gets lost, according to Wikipedia, he gets lost in the wilderness, Bo comes upon a group of traveling theater actors named the Orphans of the Forest. That's when the movie like starts to slow down and you're like, what's going on? And then when they go into this, I, I don't know what you would call it, like kind of like stop motion animation thing with a weird voiceover. That's where I was like, this is, this is getting real boring and uninteresting. 
and my attention is dead at this point. Um, the second half really sucks, um, unfortunately, because I was really enjoying that first half, and I don't know, I, I like Parker Posey, and she has an interesting scene. I I already say saw a headline that said this movie is about Ari Aster's guilt. I I think I saw that headline before I watched the movie, and then I I started watching the movie, and they close up on the psychiatrist writing guilt in a notebook. I'm like, ah, uh, okay. So I I I'm kind of looking forward to maybe watching a video about what this movie means, but I'm assuming it, it has to do with his guilt about his mother and then um, him having perhaps crippling anxiety and him perhaps not knowing his father and always pestering his mother about um, his father and him being a giant penis hidden in the attic. Maybe to him it's like, all, all I know is that my father was basically a penis because I never I never met my father or that he was a, basically a sperm donor and then he died. I, I, see, I'm already confused and I, I don't know how much this movie is based on his real life. I don't know. I'm, it could be a complete work. I mean, it could be complete fiction for all I know. And... Um, and uh like i have a feeling the the strange thing about the johnsons is a complete work of fiction i don't think it has any um ties to his life but i don't know um the film had been in development by ari aster for some time with a 2011 short film entitled bow i remember this movie being called um disappointments boulevard so i don't know what happened to that um, Astrid has described the many ways the film in many ways including initially as a nightmare comedy a Jewish Lord of the Rings but Bo's just going to his mom's house and as if as if you pumped a 10 year old full of Zoloft and had him get your groceries um, okay um, so I would say this movie is worth. I watched it. On, uh, it's worth watching, but I will say that the movie takes a turn about how I looked. The movie is about three hours long, and when I was getting kind of tired of the movie, I looked, and there was an hour twenty left in the movie. Um, so I didn't. This is definitely his least successful out of the three so far, and it is descending over order. One, Hereditary, two, Midsummer, and then way, way at the bottom, three, Bo is Afraid. Um, that second half is just un real unfortunate. Um, I'm sorry about the chair. I'm sorry. Maybe I should just stop moving, except my mouth. Um, so there you have it, Bo is Afraid. I'm at the 24-minute mark. 
Oh, by the way, before I get started, uh, I saw a... I went to YouTube, and one of the first thumbnails that was recommended to me by the almighty algorithm was... Disney is losing its uh, copyright, or one of Disney's most important copyright trademarks is moving into public domain or whatever. And it's the Steamboat Willie of Mickey and Minnie. So basically that version of Mickey and Minnie in Steamboat Willie is going to... is is now in public domain as of today, J January 1st, 2024. So based on reading some like comments and stuff, uh, again, I, d I don't know if any of the comments are real or true or accurate. I don't know those people. How, why would I believe them? I don't know. It's the blind leading the blind, but I read that you know, Mickey and Minnie are not public domain. It's only the Steamboat Willie, Mickey and Minnie. And so I Googled it. I Googled like, because they mentioned in the video that Lion King was um, public domain. I was like, really? Um, so the, one of the first articles is 50 Disney movies based on public domain. Um, there's, there's, a, you know, 50, I don't care about all of them, but Aladdin, obviously, Alice in Wonderland, obviously. Um, and then Bug's Life from Aesop's Fables. And I, I guess th there's an Aesop fable called the Ant and the Grasshopper, where the ant, um, the ant works all winter and the grasshopper who's like lazy or whatever comes to his door is like I'm hungry and um, I'm kind of interested in reading about that also on this Wikipedia page is a nude a painting of a nude woman and it's called the grasshopper so I don't know what that's about but it's interesting also, I felt I really felt like Bugs Life was um well, I thought it was influenced by Three Amigos because it's a very similar plot, but it's but Three Amigos itself was um influenced by Seven Samurai. Like I think most things in life are influenced by Seven Samurai. I was just reading on Wikipedia that Walt Disney had produced his own version with a cheerier ending decades earlier in the 1934 film Grasshopper and the Ants. So that's interesting. But then um, I want to get to Lion King. Come on, just Mulan was from the Chinese legend of Hua Mulan. Peter Pan, obviously, Pinocchio. And just show me Lion King. Lion King is from Hamlet. Which I guess makes sense. I'm, uh, I guess I'm unfamiliar with Hamlet. And inspired from a 1960s film 
or series called Kimba the White Lion. So they just they just changed it from Kimba to Simba. Um, and they were saying in the video that it's like a full circle thing because Disney made its mark by you know all these movies that were in the public domain. Like Snow White is not a Disney original idea. Neither is Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella. Those are all like Pinocchio. All those stories are like old ass stories. So now an original idea by Walt Disney from 1920, 30, whatever, is now finally in the public domain. And, you know, my brain just completely dropped. I was going to say something about Winnie the Pooh and Blood and Honey and then... I, I don't know, I got nervous or something. Anyway, let's move on to uh, Hollow Knight. Um, I found a, a Reddit post that says, Estimating Hollow Knight's total sales since release, this was posted six months ago. The last official number we got was in February 12th, 2019, where Team Cherry has told us that Hollow Knight had sold 2.8 million copies across all platforms. That was two years after the game's release, and now we're at over 6.5 years after its release. So this person... Um, estimates 21.8 million copies, and basically everyone in the comments is saying 21 sounds like a lot your numbers seem too high um so we, we still don't know but all we know basically is that hollow knight is huge i was thinking about this other the other day hollow knight is so good that i forgot how i found hollow knight and basically what i mean by that is the reason I found Hollow Knight is because I loved Super Metroid so much. And much like I'm doing now, where I am Googling games like Hollow Knight or Best Metroidvanias, the reason I found Hollow Knight is because I, for I forgot about this long, long ago. Well, not long, long ago, but years ago. I first played Super Metroid in my 20s like I was late to the party with Super Metroid and um, I googled games like Super Metroid and I remember the the two because I don't think I don't think there were a million Metroidvanias when I googled that so the first two the top two that popped up were Hollow Knight and Ori and the Blind Forest. So I first played Ori and the Blind Forest and I liked it. I liked the art style. Um it it the art style was kind of like realistic but really I I don't I don't naturalistic. I I don't know how to describe it, but I I liked the art style. 
And then I stopped Ori in the Blind Forest. I took a break and I started Hollow Knight. And I remember thinking, hmm, I don't like this as much because the graphics, the visuals, the art style seems a little cartoony. And I'm like, this is a lot more cartoony compared to Ori and the Bl- Bl- Blind Forest. Oh, I just forgot about the title, even though I said it twice. So I stopped Hollow Knight to go back to Ori and the Blind Forest. And then I got stuck. And then I was like, okay, I can't get past this part in Ori. And I'm not enjoying it anymore because I got stuck. So I went back to Hollow Knight. And the rest is history. Hollow Knight has become one of my favorite games of all time. And I never went back to Ori in the Blind Forest to this day. And I, 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 I looked on my Switch and I own both games digitally. And I, I do plan... Like the other day I started up Ori. And I couldn't get myself to press start. I, I don't know why. I will. I definitely will. And who knows. Maybe when I play Ori in the Blind Forest or Will of the Wisps... Um, may, maybe they will blow Hollow Knight out of the water. I don't think so, but maybe. You know, if you look... Actually, I, I looked at what to play. Hollow Knight is not at the... I mean, it's at the top of the list, but not at the very top. Every time I pause this podcast and then I... I, I listen to my voice a little bit, like a few seconds of it. I sound uh, terrible. Monotone, depressed, um, vocal fry. I could fry eggs with that vocal fry. But I feel like if I change my voice too much, that it's not going to sound like me. It's going to sound like a put-on voice. But, like, radio people, I guess they're like, they're, that's not their regular voice. Like, welcome to 104.17 and this top hit so. But then again, I am not a radio personality, so I don't, I don't know what to do. Should, should I make an attempt to, to make my voice sound better? And, oh, anyway, uh, so I went to I went to whattoplay.com slash best slash metroidvania. At the top is Ori and the Will of the Wisps at 9.4. Um and then next is Ori and the Blind Forest Definitive Edition 9.4. And keep in mind they, they have all the different like number three is Ori and the Blind Forest. So one is the definitive edition, one is the standard edition, and number one is Will of the Wisps on Switch, and number five is Will of the Wisps on PC. I'm sure you could play around with the filters and stuff, but you get what I'm saying. So look, let me see where the first iteration of Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight is number 10 
with a 9.2 on PC. Um, I, I don't even know, like, I, I don't know. I, I should revisit, I will revisit Ori and, and see. Um, but let, let's talk about, I want to talk about what I love about Hollow Knight. I, I keep thinking it's so interesting because Team Cherry, and I talked about this briefly in the previous episode, but Team Cherry is essentially three dudes, three Australian dudes that I know of. Ari Gibson, co-director, um, William Pellin, co-director, Jack Vine, coder, and then with the extra money on Kickstarter, they were able to hire David Kazi, if um, if memory serves cor- correctly, and then they hired uh, Christopher Larkin. And, um, yeah, they hired technical director David Kazi. So, as far as I know, it's like five dudes. And I keep thinking it's interesting how these five dudes, an indie games developer in Australia. Um, actually, I don't know if Christopher Larkin is Australian or David Kazi. But how they were able to create a game that rivals these huge games. Um, And maybe they don't. Maybe in terms of sales, like, definitely not. But in terms of, like, creating a great game, I keep thinking, is Hollow Knight better than Metroid? Super Metroid? Maybe, well, it's maybe you shouldn't compare because, you know, Super Metroid. When did Super Metroid come out? 94? Um, 94. I, I love Super Metroid. And I was thinking about this also that Metroid came out in um, like 1986, I think. The original Metroid, and you—if you, you try to play it now, it's, in my opinion, it's not great. It's very hard. In terms of graphics, the graphics were very limited, especially if you play, you know, Super Metroid, Metroid Dread, um, Samus Returns on 3DS. Obviously, the and that's the same goes for Zelda too. Zelda also. The graphics in the original Metroid is is outdated, technology is outdated, and um, and I I die very easily in that first Metroid. It's just not fun to play, in my opinion. Um, and I feel like Super Metroid really perfected the the mechanics, and the um, Super Metroid felt like more of an origin story to. Uh, to like modern games, I think. But 
like if I, I keep thinking like now if I wanted to play a good Metroidvania quote unquote I would probably pick Hollow Knight over Super Metroid base I think Super Metroid now has kind of an outdated map system and that makes it difficult now you know some people would argue well that's part of the charm of the game that's part of what makes that game good and challenging yes I get that I understand but if it's too challenging to the point where you're not enjoying it then you know what are we doing you know what I mean and you know that's that's kind of a different argument um, and it, th again that goes to preference some people like challenging games some people if you play a challenging game for 30 seconds and you're like I don't like this I don't like the way it's making me feeling I'm out um, some people don't like the feeling of getting lost I remember I told my friend about Hollow Knight I said I, I love Hollow Knight I highly recommend it and his first thing to his first comment to me was like I kept getting lost and I get that it's not for everyone and you might not like it I actually, like, I've been playing Hollow Knight a lot lately, and my wife's been asking about it, and I tease her. I'm like, well, you know, you should get a Switch. And she's like, you have three. I'm like, yeah, but they're mine. Um, but I let her play, quote-unquote, let her play, yesterday. And I really thought she was going to stop after 30 seconds. But I looked at, after she saved it and exited, she played 53 minutes. And to me, I was very impressed because she's not a gamer at all. She's She plays the occasional mobile game. Um, but I really thought she was going to be like, oh, I'm done. Uh, and in Tagalog, it's Ayokona. Where she's like, oh, I don't want it anymore. But she kept playing. And, you know, her dexterity on the with her fingers on the controller is not the same as mine which i've been playing since you know late 80s maybe and she just doesn't play as much as me and hollow knight is is difficult especially for a beginner or people who aren't used to gaming and i was surprised that she she i asked her about it and she enjoyed it she's like i liked it I was surprised she liked it because I thought she was going to get frustrated and like if you f she kept falling in the spikes or dying from the bad guys, blah, blah, blah. And she was asking me questions like early on in the game, there's this big armadillo character that if you get too close, he closes up and you can't attack. And when you go far, he opens up and he starts attacking. But when you get close, he closes up again. And she kept trying to attack it like the definition of insanity like she kept hitting it and she asks me like what do I do here and I was like I kept repeating to her this game <laughs> this game is about discovery she did not uh, appreciate that but I kept repeating it this game is about discovery and then she's like what do I do here how do I beat it and I'm like you can't beat it now so she left and then she made a comment like you should have told me right away so I would have left so I was didn't waste my time. I'm like this that's the beauty of this game. 
you know, you try something, you can't advance, and you figure you figure it out. You have to figure it out. You have to discover the game as you go. You explore, discover, and and some people don't like that. Some people's brains are like, like she said, like why why did I waste my time? Blah blah blah. I don't think it's a waste of time. I think that's the beauty part of it. That's the discovery part of it. And um, what was I talking about? I don't know. Let's go back to the list. Best Metroidvania games. Ori, Will of the Wisps. Ori and the Blind Forest. Metroid Dread. I love Metroid Dread. Um, I got super excited about it. When they announced it. Because I love... I love the 2D side-scrolling Metroids. So you have Super Metroid... Samus Returns on 3DS. I love that game. I think Metal Jesus Rocks made a passing comment in a video. He was like, he found it disappointing. Which I found that comment really surprising because I really love that game. Um, so I wonder if he made a video explaining why he was disappointed by Samus Returns on 3DS. I also love First Mission and Metroid Fusion. So it makes you wonder, like, if all these games are like Grand Slams, these the 2D Metroid side-scrolling game, why don't you come out with a new one? So they finally came out with um, Metroid Dread. It says here 2021. Is that accurate? October 8th, 2021. Um, so Samus Returns came out in 2017. And I know they're working on Metroid Prime 4. And I've tried... I know Metroid Prime is huge. People love those games, but... I'm not a big first-person um, gamer, and I, I've tried playing Metroid Prime. I, I I got pretty far, but I just I don't like the genre. I don't like the format. Um, it's just not for me. So I love Metroid Dread a lot, and but that's what I'm saying. Like Metroid Dread could easily for me rival Hollow Knight in terms of quality in terms of enjoyment and Metroid Dread has I mean I don't I don't I don't know exactly um I don't think they put they don't really put budgets out from for games like this um not that I know of it's not like a movie but Metroid Dread was Develop, well, developed by Nintendo and Mercury Steam and published by Nintendo. Th that's what I'm saying. Develop, developed by Nintendo and Mercury Steam and published by N Nintendo. But that could, again, that could easily rival the, in terms of enjoyment and satisfaction with Hollow Knight. And that's what blows me away. 
um, like, well, how how does this quote unquote rinky dink three to five person dude game, um, three to five person crew develop this game that is so amazing? Um, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't answer that. I wish I could. I, I've tried, I'm looking at the list again. Number six is Dead Cells. I've tried, I tried playing Dead Cells recently. I, I don't like it. And I know it's highly rated. I know people love it. Um, I don't know. I kept dying and it was not enjoying, I, I was not enjoying it. Keep in mind, I am not giving these games a fair shake because I am kind of chase. I'm trying to chase that high of Hollow Knight. And like I've mentioned before, the only, I, I tried to chase that high with Breath of the Wild and nothing could give me that. Even playing Breath of the Wild again could not give me that high that I got from the first time playing a Breath of the Wild. It's just impossible. And Tears of the Kingdom. I love Tears of the Kingdom. And nothing's going to fulfill that high unless they come out with another Zelda game, which I don't know. So I, I did not give Death Dead Cells a fair shake. I, I almost wanted to tell myself, like, play this game all day. Give it some time. Give it some time to sink in. But I wasn't enjoying it. I just wasn't. I've tried uh, Axiom Verge for Vita is number seven. So the 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 list and the numbers are going to be off because Axiom Verge is going to be on the list multiple times for every platform that it's on. Axiom Verge, I I know people are impressed that it's by one dude. Um, I tried playing it one time. I did not like it. Um, You know the, I, I I can't really explain why at the moment, but one of the reasons is like I remember the music being really in your face, and it's like this aggressive, um, this aggressive like electro music, and it's like do 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 something like that, right? Not exactly, but something like that. And I couldn't help but comp- compare it to Hollow Knight. And Hollow Knight has this really like atmospheric, creepy, um, kind of toned down music. Like as soon as as soon as you start up the game, it's like like really atmospheric and a gentle piano music, and then you're walking into. Um, the dirt kingdom or whatever and there's not real well not that I can think of there's not really a recognizable melody there's not like that John Williams thing it's more just like you feel like the music is following you as you explore and it's like really toned down and under I can't think of the word but that's something like that's something I really love about Hollow Knight. Um 
I'm thinking of a word is under something. Understated, maybe? The music feels really understated compared to like Axiom Verge where the music's like do 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 do. Number eight is Superland. I have never played it. Um, I think I might have it on Steam. But I've never played it, so I can't speak to it. Batman Arkham Asylum. I I don't know if the whole um, trilogy of Batman Arkham trilogy is uh, Metroidvania. I, tr- I tried playing Batman because I was trying to chase that high of playing Spider-Man. And it it didn't give me the same high. Um, but I should try it again. Hollow Knight is number 10 at nine with 9.2. Um, again, so Will of the Wisps is 1, 2... If you take out all the doubles in the top 10, according to this list, you take um, Blind Forest is on there twice, Will of the Wisps is on there twice, 10, 9, 8. So Hollow Knight would be number 8, according to the this list. I tried playing Blasphemous, and that was the closest game that gave me a similar thing to Hollow Knight. N- not exactly, obviously, it's a different game. It's, But it was the, the, the game that closest, you know, in tone. I mean, Blasphemous is like dark. The intro, I was surprised because I wasn't really familiar with the game. And the intro of the game is this woman... I don't even know what it, it didn't have a blade on at the end of it, but she had this object. It's like a blunt object. She's pounding her chest and she's like, forgive me with this pain. I will be forgiven. And she just thrusts it into her, her heart. Um, <laughs> There's like blood and gore. And that it's, it's kind of similar in tone to hollow Knight, Although hollow Knight has this, it does have this cutesy feel to it. So it's this weird dichotomy of like darkness with a cutesiness to it because the night, there is a cuteness to the night. Um, that's hard to explain as well. Owl Boy, I've never played. More Axiom Verge, Blasphemous 2, Arkham Asylum. Steam World Dig 2, I don't think I've played. Guacamelee, I've, I've tried. I don't really like the art style. Um, it felt kind of silly, and I wasn't, again, going from Hollow Knight, this dark, creepy, atmospheric, and then Guacamelee. It's just not giving me the same thing. I purchased Rogue Legacy on Switch. I, again, it kind of feels like real cartoony. Um So, um, I I don't know what I was saying, but, um, the sound design I really like as well. And it's just, there's, there's a simplicity to Hollow Knight. 
even when you're swinging that nail around, it's just a simple whip, like a And you might be thinking, like, what does the whip have to do with an, exp- an immersive gameplay? I-, I don't know, but I like it. I enjoy it. And then every time you thwack a, a blade of grass, there's a little sh- Every time you whack a- an enemy, it's like a it's really good. I don't know if Christopher Larkin spent hours coming up with the sound design or if he just went like, if he tried a few things, he's like, oh, that's good enough. Maybe I don't know if he's really good at what he does or if he's just kind of right time, right place, kind of lucky type thing. Because he, again, he... Um, he doesn't have a lot under his belt either. Oh, what the fuck? Christopher, I, I don't mean to offend anyone. Wait a minute. I just found the wrong Christopher Larkin. I apologize. There is an actor named Christopher Larkin who was born in Taegu, South Korea adopted by parents of Irish and French-Canadian descent um, that's not that's not the same guy I was talking about <laughs> um, I, I apologize for that sidestep Christopher Larkin um that's the, I, I mentioned this in the last episode, but I'm confused because he has a music background, but the sound design feels like someone who is a a veteran in sound design. And, you know, his it does say composer and sound designer, but he has a huge music background. Um... It doesn't say that much about his sound design, but um, background. But I, I think the sound design in this game is excellent. Um, and that adds a lot to the game. It adds a lot to the atmosphere. And it just, this game just feels like a perfect storm of, of everything of gameplay, of mechanics, of, of combat. Um, of Metrovania game mechanics, going back and forth, getting the right abilities. You know, when you enter, when you get close to, after you die, and then your shade separates from your body, and then you get close, and then there's that creepy music. That's really cool. Um, You know, when you get a, a, a new ability, there's this sound um the the sound design and the music can't be um appreciated enough for this game and it makes a big difference L- like i said I, I i don't like the in your face music and that that could be 10 seconds into a game and i Unfortunately for me, that can decide, well, I'm not going to be playing this game for much longer. 
And look, the argument can be made. Why are you letting music decide whether you like a game or not? I I can't help it. You know, I, I am I I am on this drug called Hollow Knight, and I love that the music is understated. If I put a game on, it's this doom 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 doom. Actually, that's what is that? Blaster Master. Um. So there you have it. I did my best to explain why Hollow Knight is a masterpiece. I don't know if I did, I, I don't know if I did a good job or not. I don't think I did. Um, I don't know. But I, I love the game. It has become one of my favorite games. If I were to list my favorite games, I would say Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII Remake, 3D Zeldas, um, Twilight Princess, Ocarina of Time, Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, Pikmin 3, um, Starcraft, Starcraft 2, Hollow Knight, and then nostalgia will tell me to to include Kid Chameleon. Um, I don't know if I've Warcraft Two maybe. Um, you know, I, I listed a bunch of the Super Metroids, but uh, Super Metroid, Samus Returns, Metroid franchise. I would say maybe. And um, maybe Super Mario Odyssey. And Hollow Knight's right up there. Spider-Man also. I love that game. I still need to play Miles Morales and then Spider-Man 2. Um, that's all I got. I'm just past the hour mark. Happy New Year. I hope this year is better than the last um, that was really generic and stupid. I don't know why I said that. I hope you are well. Take care of yourselves. Don't abandon your friends to the wolves. Stay warm. Um, eat well. Uh, play well. Thank you for listening. And say hi to your pets for me.